All right, you guys, I got eight crates of Epicac from Mort, all on my tab. Now, whoever goes the longest without puking gets the last piece of pie in the fridge. Okay, here we go. How's everybody doing? Good, good so far. All right, all right. Nothing yet. Cool, cool. You know, I, I don't know if you guys had any of that pie already, but that is, uh, that is some tasty stuff. That's from the uh, bake sale that Lois was... Yeah! Oh, one down. I know somebody who won't be having any... I'm starting to feel funny. Well, I feel fine. I guess I'm going to... Oh, boy. That means I win. I get to eat... Oh, oh God. Why didn't anybody tell me? Oh, my God. My insides are on fire. No, no, please. No more. No more. Dad, I'm scared. Get the phone. Call 911. Lois! Lois! Lois, get in here! Okay. Okay. I think it's all gone. I think it's... I don't want it. I don't want it. Peter. Peter, I need you to hold my ears. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants chowder? Everybody and welcome to the Nightfly, another edition, the Dave Juskow famous podcast, The Nightfly, which brings all of us together on a weekly basis to have fun, laughs, and good time. Music, comedy, action, suspense. The Nightfly has it all, starring Dave Juskow. The Nightfly will continue in a moment. Yes, it's another new edition of the Nightfly, February 2019 edition. And why did we play that clip up front? Well, let me tell you. Uh, my friend Joe Messina thought it would be a hilarious idea if while I was cleansing for my colonoscopy, I did a podcast. So why wouldn't I play that legendary clip from Family Guy where they take, what is it, Kekopak, Epokak? <laughs> this is the stupidest, and that is a classic episode, just like of Mets Entertainment. And maybe you remember this classic scene from Family Guy, where they're taking that stuff and they are just like it's so. I mean, there's just nothing funnier than the opening. Uh, just where you're saying, all right. Now, whoever gets the last piece of pie in the fridge. I just like when they're sitting there calmly. Okay, here we go. How's everybody doing? Good. Good so far. All right. All right. Nothing yet. Cool. Cool. I think about that all the time. And uh, yeah, so I've already taken my bottle of liquid that, uh, you know, makes you uh, take care of business. You don't vomit. It's from the other end. And uh, so you get cleaned out. So uh, this uh, wackadoodle who, for some reason... Uh, when he was in high school, said, you know what I want to do is uh, shove a tube up some guy's ass and uh, see if he's all right. And that, that's what he does for a profession. Of course, he gets paid handsomely. But I really feel if you're that smart and you can go to medical school, there's got to be another way to make a living. But 
Thank God somebody's willing to do it uh, for emergency purposes, and I enjoy the cleansing process, as we talked about last week. So I thought it would be hilarious to, um, you know, see what happens. And uh, right now, I'm, I'm feeling good. How's everybody feeling? Good, good. All right, all right. <laughs> we'll see. Right now, you know, I, I started taking it at work. Uh, the fun was to see. I, I took the bottle at work at 4 o'clock. Uh, just, and then, and then I chickened out. I was going to stay an extra hour, see if I could make it home. You know, that's, that's the contest. Will I be able to make it from work to home? It takes me 20 minutes without shitting myself. Well, I made it, but I got to say just barely. So there's already been an incident. Uh, that's because I'm on the uh, two day cleanse. My doctor kicked it up a notch, uh, which of course is from the movie Ted. So the same, obviously I worship Seth MacFarlane and all those guys, uh, we're like, yeah, my weed dealer kicked it up a notch. Uh, this is called the uh, permanent blindness or whatever, whatever the weed they were smoking. Yeah, my uh, gastroenterologist uh, kicked it up a notch, and he goes, I'm going to give you a two-day cleanse. Now, meanwhile, I mean, first of all, I, I, I really don't think anyone has a podcast like this. So when people say, what's your podcast about? I'm like, yeah, I can't even tell you. I can't even begin to tell you. It's all about cleansing. Oh, it's like a healthy podcast. No, no, um, but uh, what was I saying? It was a, um, oh yeah, so I, he, first I had to buy an over-the-counter like magnesium citrate or something that's supposed to, every time I do this, it's supposed to work in three hours, it takes me 13 hours, which, you know, could be problematic for the operation, but I'm sure it'll be. Fine, I have to take a, a cup of water every five hours, and then I got to take the stuff again at 10 o'clock at night. Oh, it's going to be a fun night. It's going to be a fun night of podcasting, and, and, and really just, it's, it's not going to be that fun. But well, I, I enjoy it. What's, you know, the bad part is then tomorrow, the actual thing. But meanwhile, you know, when it's finished, it's great because you get that great sleep, that Michael Jackson drug, boo, 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 boo. And, uh, you know, that's a fun time. So I don't know whether I'm going to have to... Uh, Pause for a moment, but here we are together again, looking forward to uh, lots of fun stuff and a, and, a, and a clean bill of health so we can um, move on what we need to do, which is uh, in five days or seven days, I guess exactly seven days from today when the podcast comes out on Tuesdays will be the big February 19th Dave Juskow Oscar show at the Village Underground. Uh, starring Nikki Glazer, Joe Mackey, Greer Barnes, Ryan Hamilton, and of course Matteo Lane. And I believe I am going to now reveal my new imitation. It's been 20 years since I've had a new imitation. My new imitation is like Remy Malik, I believe that's his name, from Bohemian Rhapsody. I will be doing him in character. And please welcome Remy Malik. You know, I'll do it just the way SCTV used to do it. And now, please welcome. Oh, geez, what was it? Uh, oh, uh, oh, who's the guy from the Omen? Um, uh, Gregory Peck as his character Joseph Mangala in the Boys from Brazil. <laughs> That's the way they used to do SCTV. Just like, what? Well, what's the perfect example? Uh, oh, oh, what's the perfect example where they they? Oh, I know what it was. It's the classic. I think we played it before, where Dave Thomas does, and <laughs> he does, uh, he does Jim Neighbors. But he feels that he can't talk like Jake Neighbors. He can only sing like him. So then they say, actually, it's impressive. Impression is Fred Tramelina. Uh Wait, I'm gonna find. I'm gonna play it for you right now. It's 
Golly, Sergeant, this is the best surprise party I ever had. Doesn't he sound like Gomer? Fred Travelina is with us. I'm a little worried about Opie, though. I'm supposed to go fishing with him. Yes, Merv, where is Opie? Good question. Surprise, Gomer! You're not Gomer, you're Fred. Fred Travelina. I oh, love you. Oh, Lord, Merv! Otis has got it, got Opie drunk! <laughs> Otis, you're under arrest for contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Come on, Juanita! Oh, man, every scene is amazing. So it's the Merv Griffith show, not the Andy Griffith show. It's the Merv Griffith show, but he's playing the uh, Andy in Mayberry, and uh, Dave Thomas is playing Jim Neighbors, and, but then for some reason they have to say it's Fred Travelina. For, I don't know why. John Candy is Otis, uh, Joe Flaherty as uh, uh, Don Knotts, and... Uh, Catherine O'Hara is uh, Aunt B. I mean, these guys were so good. But why does he have to say Fred Travelina? What's the difference? Gomer Pyle, everybody. Doesn't he sound like him? Actually, it's Fred Travelina, everybody. Why? Why is that necessary? I don't know. That's why it's funny. So I'm going to say, and now please welcome Remy Malik as Freddie Mercury. <laughs> oh, please, baby. It's going to have... Don't you're being such a drama queen. We're going to make an album this evening. Relax, everybody. We're all going to get smashed. It's my new invitation. Thank you very much. It's a uh, part, I guess, Austin Powers and part Jeremy Irons. I don't know, but I've been doing it nonstop at the Super Bowl. Oh, come, oh, don't be such a drama queen, baby. We're going to make an album this evening. Well, I'll work on it, but uh, that's the point, and that's what I'm going to be doing. And uh, whether it's funny or not, it really doesn't matter. It's only for a couple of seconds, and nobody will remember in the in the history of everything. So there it is. Uh, so how much fun is that? So there's that on February 19th at the Village Underground, a week away, the new comedy show brought to you by The Nightfly. And uh, then the week after that, Week after that, well, how are you, everybody? What am I doing now? Am I doing Merv Griffin? No, no. Well, we'll be right back. Um, I think I was doing another SCTV thing, but uh, a week after that, we will have little Scotty Gorenstein, uh, Liza Minnelli's old publicist, to go over our Oscar picks, our annual Oscar picks, possibly even joined by Memo Salazar. We'll see. But uh, those are the next, uh, that's the next show, next week, next week, right. That'll come out February 19th on show day, and the day, the week after that, will be our wrap-up of the February 19th show with, hopefully, some clips. So the Super Bowl, uh, I know I said I'd be singing sad, so I am sad. I'm sad because I lost a lot of money. Um, I know the Patriots won, so that, so I didn't lose as much but I pretty much had everything tied into the over, which is so funny because I am the worst gambler of all time. You know, anybody that bets the over on that game is a moron. But there wasn't one. I mean, if you look up any analyst, they all said every single. There's no one who put 13 to 3. Every single person that gets paid millions upon millions of dollars said it's going to be, uh, I see it, uh, 33, 32. Um, 41 to 38. You know, I mean, there's not one person that didn't think there was going to be one touchdown. I mean, that game sucked. 
it was horrible. So I was in pretty bad shape at the party with my, I got to stop doing that. It's always bad. I should just watch my house and wallow in sadness and, and go out if things work out. But by halftime, I was going over with acceptance. Acceptance that somehow I'm going to have to pay everybody and figure something out. And then I just had a better time because I'm just like, look, it didn't work out. I'm not going to go home crying. I want to go home really badly. I want to go home just because it's a bad Super Bowl. I don't want to watch anymore. But unfortunately, it's all my friends at the party. My friend Lee has all my friends over. His wife always goes, I want to have your friends over again. Because, you know, my friends are kind of awesome. So Rachel was there and Irene, uh, you know, our favorite people and and Memo and, you know, uh, Lee and Alan, all people that have been on the podcast before. Uh, so why wouldn't that be a good time, you know? But it wasn't because the Super Bowl was so goddamn bad. I mean, so bad, so unentertaining. And yet on the flip side of that, I suppose a low-scoring game like that could be entertaining, but it's not. Not for anybody. Listen, we we are Americans. The reason I bet the over isn't because I have some sort of vision that I'm like, yeah, I see it being an over. Who am I kidding? I was going to bet the over no matter what the number was. I don't. I won't bet the under. Do you think I want to root for no touchdowns? That's like no fun. All of America wants high scoring. This is why hockey sucks. This is why soccer will never be popular, no matter what Donald Trump says. It these low scoring things just can't be popular. No one likes no score low scoring games, unless it's a pitcher's duel, which could be exciting. But to who? Somebody who's twenty two. We like high scoring. We like home runs. We like touchdowns. That's what Americans like. I don't know what the rest of the world's deal is, but there's nothing better than rooting for your team scoring a touchdown or a guy scoring a home run. We know that's true. Basketball is sometimes fun. It gets okay. But to me, it's not as good as football. Football's the best. That's the most fun. I don't know why just works for me, I guess. I guess there's something about getting a whole bunch of points in one big block that makes things exciting. You know, when you shoot a three, that's exciting, which is why the Golden State Warriors are a very, very exciting team, uh, which is why people are loving them. I love the Golden State Warriors. Why wouldn't Dave Juska? I love the Golden State Warriors, let alone they found a new way to play. I mean, that's my favorite thing. It's like everybody's like, oh, I don't like their style of playing. You don't like their style of playing? mean that they figured out why don't we just become a team that just shoots threes? What are we, idiots? Like everybody thinks they're cheating. No, no, those are the rules. We just found a bunch of guys that are really good at shooting from far away. And they changed the game. Again, I, 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 it's just funny that the Golden State Warriors and Donald Trump came up at the same time. There is a, a definite connection there. Donald Trump found a way to not cheat. I mean, you can believe what you want to believe. He just decided this is the way I'm going to run and it's weird and it's different than anybody's ever seen and it worked and everybody's like no he's cheating he's cheating I don't think he was cheating I mean I I really don't think he was cheating I I don't know what the Russian stuff is no one cares I mean I really don't care Um, no one cares anymore it's funny besides the shutdown I I don't no one has complained what has he been in office for three years now no one has complained about what he's done in office. Every single complaint 
and we talk about this a lot, has been something he did before he got elected. Let's just move on. It's ridiculous. Uh, I'm not, you know, when I said on Fox News, it's not that the guy isn't a good president. I mean, well, we won't know for years. We don't know a lot of his policies until years after they're removed. We just know he's not presidential. That's a fact. Uh, so it's just a little awkward and it's different and that's what we wanted at this time. So again, if you don't want him in, vote him out. Oh, that's, oh, you know how I always turn off my thing. Uh, that is my alarm to tell me it's time to drink water. Uh, I have to drink one cup an hour. So, uh, just give me a second. We'll be right back. I'm Joe Namath and there's nothing I enjoy more than hot buttered popcorn and nothing makes better hot buttered popcorn than a Hamilton Beach butter up popper. It's the original automatic self-buttering popper. You just put the butter here, and you get the greatest hot buttered popcorn you ever tasted. Get the Hamilton Beach Butter Up Popper, and you can serve delicious hot buttered popcorn to your friends, too. The Butter Up Popper, from the Hamilton Beach Scoville World of Appliances. And we're back. Where was I? So uh, we were talking about, uh, yeah, I got to drink a cup of water an hour uh, for five hours. After that stuff. Right now, I'm feeling pretty good. My stomach's feeling pretty good. But I want to, you know, feel bad and and just not because of the show, because, you know, I just I told you all this stuff. Every time everybody says it's going to take effect in an hour, three hours, mine takes 12 hours all the time. I don't know why. Maybe maybe I got a problem. I guess we'll find out, won't we? Well, I thought that today, for some reason, uh, I guess two weeks ago, I remember we were talking about. Oh, this show's so strange. Uh, two weeks ago, we were talking about Margaret Hamilton. You heard me correctly. Margaret Hamilton, the Wicked Witch of the West, the actress who played the Wicked Witch of the West, who's always uh, made me quite uncomfortable because, you know, that performance, it's not the when she's in the green, it's, it's beforehand, which is terrifying. Well, for years, she had... Oh, so I was telling you that she had to go on Mr. Rogers in the 70s because, you know, little kids were always scared of her. And she's like, no, I'm just an actress. So she went on Mr. Rogers to show that she is just um, a regular Joe. And um, I have that clip today and we'll play it. But the fact of the matter is that even though she's acting like a regular person, she's still terrifying. Oh, Miss Hamilton. <laughs> Miss Hamilton, I'm so Rogers. glad to see you. I'd like you to know my television friend, Miss Margaret doing? Hamilton. Elsie <laughs> Neal gave these to oh, us. And nice won't you come in? Yes, thank you. I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, she's too polite, so it's creepy. It's too much. She's trying too hard. She's carrying the That's wicked a witch hat. costume for yeah. you, isn't it? Yes, yes, it, yes is. it is. Before yes, we try this on, I'd just like to talk with you a while. Lovely to talk to you. I'm interested to know about how you felt about playing that wicked witch in The Wizard of Oz. Well, I really was very thrilled to. Uh, I, I had done it very often, uh, not that one, but a witch when I was a little girl in Halloween. That was the thing that I always wanted to dress up as. It's like lots of children would rather be a witch than almost anything else. There are lots of other things you can pick out. But that See, the thing is, and she keeps staring at the camera in a creepy way. So it's not, you know, it's it's really, it's awkward. And I think it makes it worse. This is what, 75, 75 
39, 49, 59, 69, 70. It's almost 40 years later. It's still terrifying. That's the one I loved. And so when I had the chance to do this, I was very, very happy about it. Well, girls and boys like to play witches. Yes, they do. Yes, they certainly do. And when you feel as if you'd like to play something a little bit scary, a witch is a fine thing to play. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah, it's funny. You know, you can't make fun of Mr. Rogers anymore because we now know through that documentary and everything that he was the real deal. So you can't make fun of him. The guy was like, boys and girls. In 1975, he's saying boys and girls. We would have been like, yeah, maybe a couple of fags like to play boy witch, right? <laughs> Come on, right? But this guy was like on top of shit early on. 75, he's like, boys and girls. He's, he's trying to be politically correct in 1975. I, I can't wait to see that documentary. I'm dying. Let alone, I cannot wait to see the Tom Hanks one. I mean, this guy's having a, a resurgence, which, um, you know, it's too bad he's not alive. There's lots of things about her. I, I've always felt that uh, sometimes the children feel that she's a very mean witch, and I expect she does seem that way, but I always think that there are two things about her. She does enjoy everything that she does, mm-hmm. whether it's good or bad. She enjoys it. But she also is what we sometimes refer to as frustrated. She's She's very unhappy because she never gets what she wants, Mm. Mr. Rogers. You know, most of us get something along the line, but as far as we know, that witch just never got what she wanted. And mainly, she wanted those those ruby slippers because she had lots of power and she wanted more power. Yeah. See, that doesn't make any sense. She said, yeah, she didn't get what she wanted. That's a stupid statement. If if she had said she only wanted the ruby sisters because the ruby slippers because they were her sisters. So she wanted a, you know, that that would have been a better way to say it. she wanted to, um, you know, be closer to her sister. Now, there's your answer, dummy. You dumb fuck. <laughs> Making fun of Margaret Hamilton. Hey, you dumb fuck. <laughs> and I just think that uh, sometimes we think she's just mean and a, a very bad person. But actually, you have to think about uh, her point of view, that it wasn't as, as happy a, a time as she wanted it to be because she just never got what she wanted. All right, you said that already. But the fact of the matter is, maybe somebody was watching that. Now, that's a stupid depiction. We There is no looking into what she wanted. I'm pretty sure when old Frank Baum wrote that story, he was just like, no, it's a wicked witch. This is the way it is. This is it. She's, she's, fucked. she's wicked. This is, this is what she does. However, when she's saying this, maybe somebody who wrote the book Wicked and the musical said, well, that's an interesting take. Uh, but you know, she's just doing it the wrong way, but you know, in wicked, she doesn't start off as a mean witch. She just gets that way, which was, you know, also the fun of wicked. I, I like every incarnation of the wizard of Oz cause I, well, I guess I'm gay. Huh. Well, there it is then. Did you have, uh, it was hard work probably making that movie. Yes, it was. No, not really. It wasn't that bad. You know, you just, uh, this is actually kind of great. Uh, you, you, when you think about nowadays, yeah, you do feel a little bad for her. It must it must have been really difficult, you know. She's just like she wasn't she wasn't Judy Garland or any of the people. She's just you know the co-star, and um, it was it was lots of hard work. Sometimes people say, "Wasn't it fun? It must have been fun to make it." Well, it was fun, but it was lots and lots of hard work, just as you say, and sometimes uncomfortable because you had to be very careful about your costume and you had to do various things. And when I had to eat my lunch, I had to be very careful because my hands were all green. And when in the middle of the day, the work stopped for a while and we had luncheon, I had to have a little girl who would break my 
bread for me or what a sandwich, whatever I was having, and sort of give it to me in little small portions. Do you think that that little girl was like one of those Flintstone characters who was like a stork who was playing a record and then just got up after she's feeding Margaret Hamilton her lunch and she says, it's a living. <laughs> because it was very difficult to wash my hands because then all the green would come off. And because then, that was makeup. Yes, that was just all makeup. And then the face too, you see. And uh, uh, so they didn't want to have to do that all over again. I'd give anything to have a photograph of that. <laughs> Just her sitting there like, no, I, I can't do anything with my hands. So I would be, I'd be very careful about everything. Because if I touched my dress, it was color. And the green would come off on the black dress, and mm. then that wouldn't look very... Everything she just said was racist. My dress was colored, and the green would come off on the black. What an asshole. What a racist cunt this woman is, huh? Right? Well, so... I had to be very careful. So there were things like that about it for all of us that were difficult. But there were times when it was great fun and we enjoyed doing it, but it was really hard work. I can imagine. Mm -hmm. Well, when you were a little girl, you say you liked to get dressed up at Halloween. Mm -hmm. I don't think she was ever a little girl. I think it's like somebody like me where you can't picture me as a little boy. You know, you just there's some people that are just like like Harry Morgan, you know, Colonel Potter from MASH. Can you imagine that, that guy ever being young or little? That guy was like an old man when he was 25. You know what I mean? I think that's pretty much what her. I mean, mm -hmm. like the witch. Did you like to play other parts? Yes. I like to, but I never got them because I'm disgusting. Uh, uh, lots and lots of other parts. And I think that that was fun. And we knew we were doing it for children, which was fun. But sometimes, Mr. Rogers, I'm a little unhappy because lots of children are quite scared by her. And that always makes me feel a little sad because I don't think any of us thought, you know, that it would be as scary as sometimes it seems to be. But when you understand her, when you realize it's just pretend. Yeah. I think she asked to do this so she could get it, but it's like, you know, this is 40 years later. I think that's where you just have to say, well, what are you going to do? I, I guess kids are scared of me, and then, and then you got to move on. This is 40 years later. And that everybody can do it. You can do it. And little boys, as you say, do it. Little girls do it. And sometimes when you get older, you, you play uh, at Halloween time. Uh, sometimes when you get older, you play. See? parties. And, and all my, witches I was don't colored, have to be bad. The colored no, no, dress beautiful, and the well, black you know, and the green. Very nice witch. It was called the good fairy, but in a way she had powers and she could do things that other people can't do, and she was beautiful. She was so not beautiful. Like when you see now, she's like 1939 beautiful, but she ain't beautiful now. Remember that lovely... I mean, I'm just saying, this, what was her name, Billy something or other? Uh, you know, the good witch of the north. They could have made her hotter. There had to have been hotter people in 1939, although I can't think of one offhand. Pink dress she had on. It's so pretty. Would you try on a dress like the one you had on? Yes, I don't know whether that's to. such a good idea, fun. Fred. Well, I guess I. Is that? But yeah, she puts on the whole dress. This takes like an hour and a half. Pieces of the costume were in here. Oh my! Oh, I haven't oh, seen this dress in this. 40 years. That's well, I guess. Uh, <laughs> would you put that on? Oh, just fast forward. Real lady who got dressed up. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. And I don't wear the cape at all. Oh, it's terrifying looking her in the costume again. This is not working. Would you take There's the cape? Now she's putting on the hat. Oh. There. Now oh, there's your old friend, the Wicked Witch of the West. How did she, <laughs> how did she talk? Well, she talked like this. Oh, that's the scary nice part. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that would be fun to be able to talk like, like you that. You can. They all can. You can do it too. Sure. <laughs> oh, boy. That's terrifying. Each time I watch it, I'm getting chills. But uh, here's the best part. In 1968, uh, she reunited on the uh, Merv Griffin show. We'll be right back. Um, not the uh, not the SCTV one. Actually, Merv Griffin show with Judy Garland, and uh, she got a, a big applause break, which came out in 1968. The Judy Garland Margaret Hamilton reunion, and don't worry, they mentioned Ray Bolger, all right. Are you going? You have to go right now. Very soon. Mm -hmm. uh, I've just got your minutes. broom. No, I. <laughs> New York room called the bus. Oh, darling. <laughs> now, what is the show? Well, the show is Come Summer, and yeah. it's starring our old friend Ray Bolger. Oh, well, what's he doing away? Well, he's doing a, a lovely a New England character in it. Oh, my goodness. Good. <laughs> I missed you. Well, I've missed You're my you favorite so witch. My <laughs> I better be. Well, I, always, I think you're everybody's oh. favorite lady. Well, it's lovely to see you, dear. Well, come back. Come I back. hope I can. Tonight. Yes, indeed. Take care. I will it's indeed. Lovely to see you. Thank you for Lad, letting me come do that wicked me, Oh, listen to that crowd roar. We'll be right back. Ooh. Give Ray Bolger my love. Uh, th that's well. That's a genuine uh, applause break. I think people. Uh, I mean, let's face it. It's a, it is iconic, but that's a genuine applause break. But the best part about that is that Judy Garland sounds like she's at least forty years older than Margaret Hamilton. At that point, I believe Margaret Hamilton was sixty-six. Judy Garland was forty-six. But Judy Garland sounds like she's 112. Well, give Ray Bolger my love. You're my favorite witch. You know, it's, I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine being in a movie or a show with a 15-year-old girl or whoever old she was? You're like an older person, and then they you just see them fall apart like that. It'd be like, um, well, probably the way Catherine O'Hara is with Macaulay Culkin, you know, or something like that. It's got to be so sad. Like, oh, good for you. Wacko. But uh, Margaret Hamilton says that she takes the bus. I think that's true. I think she just used to take the bus in New York City. You know, they used to film that on a Broadway stage. But um, I, I don't know. I just and, and there's nothing funny like I'm working with your old friend, Ray Bolger. Oh, how's he? Oh, how's he? He's good. He's good. Ray Bolger. <laughs> I don't know why I'd find this stuff funny, but I do. And of course, the reason why I... Uh, mention it of course is because you know in my act you saw one of the shows i was doing um i used to talk about how i was scared of margaret hamilton not the wicked witch of the west but margaret hamilton the actress and because that's why they put her in a mr coffee commercial and i had this theory that it was another person like me that developed like what why would they even think of putting the wicked witch in the mr coffee commercial because the guy my age grew up in the wizard of oz was so scared he had to drink coffee so he wouldn't fall asleep and dream about the wicked witch and he was like and that's what made his mind up and stuff but uh, do you remember when she used to do those maxwell house coffee commercials just that voice more coffee dear You got food enough for your party anyway. Well, what about coffee? 
I'll copy. Better one to guess. Cora, what can I do about him? Try Maxwell House. It's got a flavor all its own. Mmm. Tastes terrific. Guess all coffees aren't alike. Uh-uh. And I think Maxwell House tastes best. It's the only kind I sell. How was the party? Great. And Jane's coffee really topped it off. Like they say, good to the last drop. Yeah, you know, it's... um. Uh, so she she played Cora, the 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 innkeeper that only sold. It's the only it's the only coffee I sell. Uh, yeah, and there was like I don't know, thirty commercials or something with her doing it or something. Let's see, is it uh, here? How about this one? This is like a minute long. We only need two things. More coffee, dear. <laughs> what you got there? Whole wheat bread. Well, yeah, don't you like it? She owns oh, no. a general store. Not really. Here, have some coffee. Oh, gee, thanks. Thanks. I guess these were the uh, old Super Bowl commercials back then. We've got a brand new Margaret Hamilton commercial we're going to reel out on Super Bowl Sunday. You. It's the only coffee I sell, dear. Mm. It's Maxwell House, only kind I sell. Yeah, this is really good. I think it tastes best. Got a flavor all its own. I think it tastes best. And it's the only coffee I sell. Good to the last drop. It's always good. Oh, you'd be surprised how many people have trouble making a good coffee. But not with Maxwell House. Take your can along. You can make it good, Zakin. You were right, Cora. He likes my Maxwell House just as much as yours. Of course. Maxwell House is one thing everybody can agree on. Like they say, good to the last drop. What a whore. Wait, wait, here's the, wait, there, here's the best one, I think. This is, is this the one? This is the one. Yeah, this, this is the one, I think. Here it goes, then. Sold down in front of half. Cora. Hi, Cora. My father had a car just like that. It's only $25. You stole it, if it runs. <laughs> oh, Cora. It smells good. This is perfect. He doesn't talk about my coffee that way. This is Maxwell House. Been around as long as that clock. I think it tastes best. Good to the last drop. Maxwell House is always good. Try some yourself. Thanks. Oh, that's the... the I mean, what kind of commercials go the next day? Hi, Cora. Hi, kids. Get that clock running? Sure did, and her coffee's been fantastic. Maxwell House is the only kind I sell. Like they say... Good to the last drop. <laughs> Ma- <laughs> oh, listen to this guy. Maxwell House Coffee from General Foods. That's when you know you're old. Maxwell House Coffee from General Foods. Um, damn. Uh, but that scene. Wait, hold. On, let's let's go back to it because then you'll see uh, where I'm going with this. Mm. This is perfect. He doesn't talk about my coffee that way. And you should see, if you see it on video, you should see her face. She's like, what? He doesn't talk about my coffee that way. Does it remind you of this? Would either of you like another cup of coffee? I will, but Jim won't. I think I will have another cup of coffee. Jim never has a second cup of coffee at home. (laughs) Do you know what that's from? Um, Maybe this part will remind you excuse me I happen to be passing I thought you'd might like some coffee oh 
Oh, that's very nice of you. Thank you. I want you to sit down. Thank you. Cream? No, thank you. I take it black. Like my man. <laughs> oh, that's airplane. God, I you know, I was thinking about that movie the other day. I was like, I, I wonder if you can even do you think it's all just bad nowadays and nobody will find it funny? But, I mean, you know, we will because it's awesome. Uh, there's, yeah, but uh, you know what's funny about those Maxwell House commercials? Well, first of all, first of all, as long as we're in this groove, I don't know whether you remember, but um, Andrea Martin used to do an unbelievable Margaret Hamilton on SCTV. And since we're in the SCTV mood... just don't seem to be able to stack these 48-ounce tins of juice. Well, maybe it's the coffee you're drinking. Here, try new Maxwell House for caffeinated. No, thanks. I hate coffee. Oh, come on. It's good for you. Drink no. it. No, please. No, no, I don't want it. All right. Boys! <laughs> Go to it. stupid but uh, i love that sctv did uh, a take on those stupid maxwell house commercials because i guess they were popular uh but there's nothing better than everything sctv does and everything andrea martin and dave thomas and all the rest do because they were the shit there's also an episode and i don't i haven't seen it in years where they're doing a f- no i know what they're doing they were doing Death of a Salesman. Death of a Salesman and Biff. No, Willie Loman is played by Eugene Levy, who's playing Ricardo Montalban from Fantasy Island. He's wearing the white suit. I've been fantasizing about that, you know, whatever. And his wife is Margaret Hamilton. And I remember, I just remember she was like, More coffee, dear! <laughs> like in Death of a Salesman. And then she gets, uh, then the lights fall on her. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, John Belushi as Biff, but it wasn't a guy doing it. It was just somebody, I don't know, like it wasn't, it wasn't there for the imitation. I think they haven't come in as the blues. I just remember this from memory, seeing it once. I'm sure I can find it. I just, I feel like I don't want to see it because I know it won't be as good as I remember it in my head laughing so hard out loud but mostly for the margaret hamilton thing because it made no sense and also margaret hamilton as his wife more coffee dear <laughs> it's just it never made any sense and that's probably the only reason why i remember those other commercials because it was so stupid you're watching those commercials you know it's the wicked witch of the west and you just don't care they're stupid commercials but then when something like SCTV comes around, you're like, and they make fun of her and that, and 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 you're thinking it in your head, but then you realize other people think it's funny too. That's what makes it great. When you're a little kid growing up or or you know, whatever, and you're just learning about comedy and 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 that kind of stuff sticks with you all the time. And that's why SCTV was so 
important for me, you know? I mean, uh, it's the best. Uh, later on, it's funny. Um, do you know? Do you know who took over? Let me see if I can get it. Who took over? Was it Maxwell House? Who took over Margaret Hamilton's job in the Maxwell House commercial? I totally forgot, and I kind of remember. See if you recognize the voice. Ah, coffee. Maxie, we're nowhere with this plan. You need a fresh cup of instant Maxwell House. Oh, you're big on instant. Not just instant. Instant Maxwell House. These flavor buds make every cup taste fresh. Like your first cup in the morning. Really fresh. Good to the last drop. How about that? That's it. That earns me a cup. (laughs) Instant Maxwell House. Every cup tastes fresh like your first cup in the morning. Well, that's Ethel from I Love Lucy. What the hell is she doing? I don't remember her in those commercials. I wonder why. And it seems like they were going on at the same time. I don't think anybody was replaced. I've been really trying to look it up so I could tell you guys that there was some sort of war between the Wicked Witch of the West and Ethel, but there wasn't. And uh, I, I don't know whether she took over the role or just replaced her for a couple episodes or they just decided, here's what we're going to do, but... Pretty sure that's the only other thing Ethel did besides Lucy and Mac. Well, then it's the same thing with Margaret Hamilton as well. So technically, I should be in a Maxwell House commercial because they'd be like, well, I don't know what that kid did except crashing and the Maxwell House commercial. But I have to wait like 30 more years to get it. And uh, by then, I assume uh, there just won't be coffee anymore. I don't know because everything's bad for you. Maybe they'll. That'll go the way of straws, plastic straws. I'm just, I'm just thinking whether I should go to the, you know, take care of some business. I think I'm okay, but, you know, I kind of want to go because it's hilarious. Um, but I think I'm okay. Or should I? <laughs> I think I'm okay. I think I can, I think I can make it. Um, but, you know, I want it to happen because, it, you know, it's exciting. It's just the, like the, the, you know, I, I, I just want the uh, Family Guy thing to happen. All right, you guys, I got eight crates of Epicac from Mort, all on my tab. Now, whoever goes the longest without puking gets the last piece of pie in the fridge. Okay, here we go. How's everybody doing? Good, good so far. All right, all right. Nothing yet. Cool, cool. You know, I, I don't know if you guys had any of that pie already, but that is, uh, that is some tasty stuff. That's from the uh, bake sale that Lois was. <laughs> it's just, it's the intro where they're all sitting there calmly, like everything's going to be okay. And you know what? I was going to say that it's such a classic scene that this year uh, they had a premise where Meg uh, was an Olympic skier. She was going to the Olympics for what? Cross country skiing? No, the biathlon. And so, like, when did you do that? She's like, I told you guys a hundred times. And they went through old classic Family Guy scenes that if you're a fan, you know. So this was one of them. And while they're all throwing up, she goes, bye, I'm training for the Olympics. And then they went to the one where Stewie is going, mom, 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 mom. And they went to, so like all the ones that, you know, as a fan, you absolutely know. And then they just cut her in and be like, I'm going to train for the Olympics now. You never told us about that. So uh, 
I used to think about that one too. And um, they just, it's so funny when they do all those throwing up scenes because I can't watch throwing up scenes in other things, but in cartoons, I can kind of handle it. Um, the the big news is, uh, you know, that, that of course Scotty and I will be discussing, uh, is that FX is doing a Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon biopic, uh, a mini series uh, about uh, with Michelle Williams, who I really can't stand, but I'm sure she'll be good. And uh, Sam Rockwell is Bob Fosse, and uh, about their teaming up and his um, greatness and her greatness. And uh, well, you know, if you're a, a semi-gay man like myself, I think I can't wait. <laughs> so. I know Scotty will be excited too. This is the guy that directed Cabaret and um, lots of other stuff. And remember, uh, he might have been a choreographer, but he was a man. And he slept with a lot of really pretty girls. Because remember, as in hairdressing, in choreography, there are uh, the straightest of straight men and the gayest of gay. And there is no in between. So obviously, I couldn't do any of these professions. Uh, And Bob Fosse was a manly man. Oh, I mean, you're a genius to be. I mean, to be a choreographer is a genius move by a straight man. To be in musical theater by a good-looking straight man is a good move because you're, a, you know, it's all gay guys. You pretty much have your pick of chicks. Um, it's very smart, and uh, he was a manly man, and he was pretty cool, and I like that kind of stuff. And well, I'm looking forward to it. There's nothing I can tell you except that. Uh, Fosse Verdon, Fosse Verdon, the name of the show. I don't know why it's on FX. I don't know who thought that would be a good plan or that there would ever be an audience for it. But uh, apparently people are saying, what does Dave Juskow want to watch? I guess uh, something weird. And on the flip side, you know, I can't wait for John Wick. So what does that mean? What does that say about a guy? How about a guy... Like Dave Juskow. David, how about a guy that goes to statues and takes the lint out of the statue's belly button? But Felix, wait a minute. Why don't you come on my show? You're so wonderful. You're so marvelous. Now I feel like I'm just going to throw up. So I think it, maybe it's because I'm just wait. I don't know. You know, well, you just feel... And plus, I also have a headache. Because I think that stuff dehydrates you plus you know when you're doing that you just get dehydrated which is why i guess they tell you to take a cup of water an hour or something but really i could use more because i'm definitely feeling lightheaded and and certainly i mean i ate this morning but i didn't eat for breakfast but you know i need to fast this is a great thing for me especially after the super bowl fasting i should do it once a week we're not cleansing but i should not eat for i should go on the russ maneve diet and not eat i deserve not to eat for a few days because i'm so disgusting in every other aspect so the other day uh remember i told you I went to pick my sister up at the parking lot in newark airport newark airport and i parked in the parking lot that parking lot all these cars caught on fire the other day there was a huge fire at the newark airport parking lot about a week ago and i was like oh my god i was just there last week and that is one of those things where you come out of there and you see your car on fire and you, you know, and, and, I, and it's one of those things like in Seinfeld where I planned everything perfectly. I timed everything perfect. 
I got credit for the pickup, but then you come back and the only flaw to the plan was that my car is on fire. <laughs> and that's when you come back and you, and you say, or you come back, let's say I parked there, you know, for my Florida trip, which I did. And uh, I come back, I had a bad trip. You know, I mean, it turned out good, but remember I was having a bad time first. Come back, your car's on fire. You come back there, you're like, God, what a week I'm having. That's the only thing you can say when you see your car on fire after you get off at the airport. What a week I'm having. We'll be right back. Oh, see, it's working again. Coffee? Simple adjustment, Cora. That clock's as old as the hills. Old? Something works. You stick with it. Mmm. My Mildred ought to taste this coffee. It's Maxwell House. I think it tastes best. It's always good. Only kind I sell. Only kind? Son, when something works, you stick with it. Got that? Maxwell House is... Good to the last drop, Maxwell And we're back. Uh, obviously, I like it. I enjoy doing that, but, uh, you know, I had some, uh, you know, it happened, so everything's cool. Everything's going according to plan. You know, I just wanted to say one thing, too. Now that I know my friend, my, you know, childhood friend, who I love very much, Rich Duffy, listens to this podcast, um, and he lives out in San Francisco, I will tell you this, and I just want you to know, Rich, that I have said this to not just on this podcast, but I have said this to many people for many years, but it was Rich Duffy who turned me on to SCTV, who kind of, in that sense, changed my life around because the big show when we were little was Saturday Night Live, and nothing was going to compare to that. Saturday Night Live was the shit when you're in you know, elementary school, junior high, you know that, that's, that was like the, oh my God, you see what they did or whatever, that kind of stuff. But then in junior high, late when Saturday Night Live was maybe in its third or fourth year, Rich goes, you know, there's a better show than Saturday Night Live. And I said, how dare you talk about my mother like that? I mean, I was, I was livid with him because I'm like, how, how could you? What are you talking about? He goes, no, no, it's a show that's on before Saturday Night Live at 11 o'clock on Channel 9. And uh, then I watched it and I was like, boy, this is pretty damn good and then after like a year i was just completely hooked and couldn't care less about saturday night i still liked it but sctv just went i guess other people must have figured it out too because then they started airing it after saturday night live on nbc and then they got their 90 minute show which was like ridiculous which they even made fun of which is their genius when they had that bob and doug and they did really well they gave them their own show which was them saying this is what NBC did to us or whatever. But the case of the matter is, is that it was Rich Duffy who was the one who told me, you got to watch this other show, which normally I would never watch and cheat on Saturday Night Live. But SCTV was 10 times better than Saturday Night Live for me and the kind of stuff that makes me laugh and uh, was so good and still, again, for me, holds up to this day. Um, because I, I can play other clips too. I was just looking, uh, what was I just looking at? The, I just saw Bobby Bittman uh, doing something. Oh, Eugene Levy. I'm so glad he's still good. You know, it's uh, he's still he's still funny. Uh, you know, on uh, Schitt's Creek, uh, it's just, you know, he's so good and he was so, he was never the one talked about, but, you know, he was amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I want to introduce my next guest. Believe me, he's back from a smash engagement at the Flamingo Club up in Hamilton, Canada. 
He's one of the funniest guys I know, and I want you to give a big warm welcome to funny man Bobby Pittman. He's a crazy person over here. How are you? <laughs> I still do that bit. Uh, yeah, I just got back from New York City. I was there for a very special reason, a very important reason. They named a sandwich after me. Very true. At the Star Deli down on Broadway, you can now buy the Bobby Bittman special. You get plenty of ham and Vaseline on the side. <laughs> <laughs> He's horrible. <laughs> you know what I hate? I hate commercials. Huh? You too? Don't they just bug you? You know what I hate the most? That commercial where the guy comes out of the medicine chest. You know the one? He comes out, he says, Hi, guy. Hi, guy. I'd call the cops. That's trespassing, I think. <laughs> hey, how about the one, what is that little uh, fella in the toilet? You know what I mean? That uh, tidy ball guy with a captain suit on? In my toilet? What, is he a pervert? I mean, really? You know what I'd like to do just once? I'd like to flush that little guy right down the toilet. That's what I'd like to do. <laughs> uh, you know, I've been in this business a good many years now. I've never been into prop comedy. Oh my God, this is my favorite Never been one. into that. These young kids... I forgot, this is the one, I, this is my favorite one. I've remembered this for so long. He's, oh my God, this is amazing. I know exactly what's going to happen. I didn't know this was the clip. Today, these young comics, they come out with the arrows through the head, the rings through the nose. I mean, I don't understand it. Personally, I think it stinks. But I... What is that, a phone? Do I hear... Is that a phone ringing, Sammy? Am I hearing things? Is that a phone? I think it's a phone. It could be for me. I don't know. Maybe I should answer it. I don't know. Wait a second. <laughs> so the phone rings, and they zoom out, and he's got a, a prop of a huge, ginormous phone that he has to answer. He's been preparing this bit, and then... <laughs> This is unbelievable what happens. I've remembered this my whole life. Hello? <laughs> Hello? What? Who's this? Napoleon? What is this? Sammy, what kind of hookup you got here? Napoleon? Oh my God! Oh, is that the end? It's so amazing. That's what right, in the, <laughs> right in the middle of his act, Bob Hope just comes on unannounced, like they're just making fun of the way he used to come on Carson. But in the middle of the guy's comedy act, where he has the big props, and the reason I remember it is because you know usually Levy's such a good actor. You know he's pretending that he's like you know Bob Hope's the greatest, the greatest, and it's what they do in that episode. And I, I don't know where to find it or anything, but. At the end of the show, while the credits are rolling, he they have his voice calling up the president, Guy Caballero, and saying that he can't believe that Bob Hope came on during his act and it was bullshit. It was really, 
interesting and amazing and and sad, but you know, just all these levels of of greatness that Saturday Night Live could never do and would never spend the time to do. And then, of course, there's the one where um, uh, who's the guy from Ghostbusters? Uh, Rick Moranis comes on as his brother Skip Bittman and uh, his. <laughs> They're all in the Sammy Marlin show with these uh, days, John Candy. The divorce rate is up. The family unit is crumbling. <laughs> all right, without further ado, why don't we just bring him out? Ladies and gentlemen, Bobby Bittman's little brother, Skip Bittman. Yeah! 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 Rick Moran is dressed just like him, but he's got a tape recorder. But the tape recorder, like he's trying to get that to work, it's the most important thing. <laughs> <laughs> How's it hanging? <laughs> Good evening. Um, I'd like to go and talk to uh, President of the United States, John Wayne. <laughs> now listen and listen good. I'm the president. Okay, I'm going to go over and talk to Secretary of State Jimmy Cagney. I'm going to walk over. John Wayne walking over. President John Wayne. Okay, Secretary of State. <laughs> His tape recorder just fell over. <laughs> and, 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 and Bobby's so embarrassed. And, and John Candy has to, like, he's like, he's going to be all right. He's going to be all right. This is unbelievable. He's just trying to fix the tape recorder. <laughs> just cut him off. <laughs> I gotta do some come on, come on to the panel here. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I need more cardio. Bobby, what's with the kid? Uh, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. Skip, can you give me more cardio? Sit down. What did you bring it for? I'm trying to tape the act. You don't tape act on television. <laughs> He's trying to record his act while he's on television. <laughs> it's. <laughs> oh, I, I haven't seen this in years. It's making me so happy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Well, uh, Skip, uh, what's it like being the brother of funny man Bobby Bittman? I had the talent coordinator get him to ask me that first stuff for you. <laughs> you know, Sammy, I love being the brother of funny man Bobby Bittman because as George C. Scott said to me this morning, Rumble, Rumble, Rumble. Jeez, I had it this morning. Rumble, you may give us a best. Jersey Scott, what's with the, I don't get nothing back from this Scott, audience. What are you doing, Scott, for oh you? Oh, my God, this is unbelievable because they're not doing the canned laughter and everything. It's so serious and, and brilliant and funny at the exact same time. Saturday Night Live could never hold a candle to this. It's just like, it's just so awesome. And John Candy's just pretending to, oh, my God. It's so good. You don't do, Scott. It's a new thing. You don't test out new stuff on television. So you do your standard stuff on television, like your Benny. You do a great Benny. You didn't uh, do Benny. I'm not going to do Benny. It's not topical to do Benny. Topical? You do John Wayne. He's been dead for three years. Uh, come on. No, it's different when you do the Duke. You know that. Herschel, he's a legend. Uh, Herschel. 
It's you didn't like, know that his name was Herschel. It doesn't matter. You didn't know his name was Herschel. They don't care, man. My parents still call me to be and name Herschel. You know, in Philadelphia, when they put on the Maudlin show, they say, well, put it on and watch Sammy Maudlin, William B. and Herschel Slansky. That's what they say. Said they don't care. What are you bringing it up for? What are you talking about? It's good panel. The name is Bittman now. It's like Tony Curtis. Everybody's talking with Bernie Sparks. It's good for them to know your Herschel Slansky. What's this, Mr. Mayor? What's this, and you're good for Sox to be a Speaking Yiddish now, and Sammy Martin is just like going, like, What's happening? Wait, what did he say? Sammy, can I say something? <laughs> I, I think it's great that in this country, people are free to disagree with each other in the language of their choice be it in the comfort of their own living room or on national television. That's the great thing about democracy. And damn it, that's the great thing about America. Now that solidarity thing in Poland that's so tragic, you know why? Because they don't have the freedom that we do. Right here. <laughs> it's just beautiful to see this. It's just beautiful, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> William, uh, uh, I'd like to just say something oh, here, and that is, tears. I think it's great when two brothers can come on our show and just be themselves. I mean, you get shows like Real People, but tonight, on this show, we had Real People, Real Brothers. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I mean, this is the bit, the Sammy Martin show was supposed to be, the whole thing, when they would have it on, whenever they would have it on, as a clip, was supposed to be. A, a takeoff of, of obviously the Tonight Show and shows like that where where everybody's just complimenting each other. So what's better where they have this thing and they're saying and they're still they're still going for it. They're still coming and doing the complimentary things even when they have something bad happen. It, it's so brilliant. <laughs> I, I think it's marvelous that two guests can come on their show and be so relaxed that they're just themselves. And I think that's what it's all about, and I want to thank you two for just being yourselves now. <laughs> Makeup, come on. <laughs> I'm real sorry, Herschel. Bobby! It's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. your first time. I mean, what do you know? It's He's the right. greatest brother in the world. I what? love this guy. Ah! Don't touch the hair! You don't touch the hair! Watch for Mayor Tommy Shanks with an important message later tonight on SCTV. Um... I had I wasn't planning on playing that or anything, and I didn't have it prepared, but I just had to let it play sometimes because it's just so funny. Uh, I don't know how it comes out audibly, but it's like you know watching their reactions and the way they go. I mean, Eugene Levy is such a good actor; he's so good. If you watch that clip, it's just on YouTube. He's so good, and you know if you watch Hits Creek, you know how good he is. Let alone just him and Catherine O'Hara together, and what good actors they are, and. He's been around for such a long time, and I couldn't be happier that you know he's on a successful show, even if it's something his son put together. Whatever it is, whoever has the respect for him, and it's you know, it, of course, it makes you sad that John Candy's not alive anymore. But it also makes you wonder what happened to Joe Flaherty because he was so good too. They were all so good on that show until they got later on, and they you know got Tony Rosado and Robin Duke. Meanwhile, 
uh, Robin Duke was on uh, Shit's Creek. So obviously there's some sort of connection that Eugene Levy uh, seems to care for her or whatever, but um, certainly not as good as Andrea Martin or Catherine O'Hara. And then again, you talk about, you know, everybody was all Carol Burnett. I mean, when you talk about women in comedy, there, you know, there weren't that many to choose from. Uh, Carol Burnett, of course, was was brilliant, but was she? You know, the show was brilliant, but was Carol Burnett really good? Did you really care? If you're a boy in comedy, did you really care? The show was good. We liked Harvey Corman. We liked Tim Conway. Carol Burnett, to me, wasn't that funny. She just, The show was funny. But on this show, Catherine O'Hara and Andrea Martin were really funny. I mean, they were brilliant. I think Carol Burnett had her moments, but to me... Uh, you know, somebody who wanted to go into that profession, she wasn't as funny as Harvey Corman and Tim Conway. I mean, Harvey Corman is just funny in this other way, not something like I wanted to be. But uh, you know, I, I I don't know. They they were just great. But these guys were all funny in a way I wanted to be. I wanted to be like that. And and really, we know Catherine O'Hara has complete staying power, and she's. It's it's funny that she's just become you know so big and you know in a, a way and Andrea Martin is this big she's big at least now on Broadway and stuff getting a little due but um, you know though I'm just glad all of those people got their due uh, because it was well deserved John Candy of course was the breakout one because he was uh, brilliant but most of them I was glad when I saw Arrested Development that Dave Thomas was on it. Uh, for a little bit of doing, by the way, his Michael Caine, where is probably where I got it from, if I can be honest. I'm pretty sure when he started doing it in 1982 or 84, whatever it was, I think I'm pretty sure that's where I started taking his and then making it my own, which I did. My gag when I started doing Michael Caine, when I first started doing stand-up, was that the gag was, and this was not a Dave Thomas thing, that he was always out of breath. That was the gag, the way I did Michael Caine. Like, he was always, like, running around. He'd be like, no, I can't go out with you because you're only 16 years old. I thought, just wouldn't be right. And that's the best because you remember in Hannah and her sisters, he is out of breath. He's running. To, oh, I forgot. That's right. You live on this block. Of course. Yeah, I that's, um, how do you feel about me? Um, and then there was something where he was doing, also I remember he was doing a Jack the Ripper thing, and he also had to run for it. So I remember like, yeah, you know what? I'm on point with my imitation about him always being out of breath. So I made it my own, so I don't feel bad. But I know for a fact I started getting it from Dave Thomas because I wouldn't have even thought about doing Michael Caine. I mean, who would in 1982, uh, you know, uh, and I definitely started getting my Charlton Heston imitation from Joe Flaherty, who was doing Charlton Heston, but it wasn't the good Charlton Heston. I just said I want to do it, and then I just picked it up on my own and came up with a, a new way to do it. But I definitely pretty much stole every imitation originally from SCTV because they just gave me the idea. I would never even thought there was an imitation probably of these people until I saw them do it. And again, this just goes back because I'm going to do that. Remy Malik, whatever his name is, as Dr. Joseph Mengele. <laughs> no, as, uh, as Freddie Mercury. Oh, darling, you have to understand it's going to be smashed. We're all going to get smashed. Don't worry about it. I have a lot of teeth and it allows me to go up different octaves, my friend. Um, 
I really want to talk about Queen this week too. I'm really kind of obsessed with that movie. I'll tell you what I'm obsessed with is the uh, uh, the ending. We'll, we'll talk about it next week. We've done enough, but or in a couple of weeks. But that song at the end, I guess I don't remember it or something. It's so good. It's at the end where they're actually showing the footage of Freddie Mercury. I mean, obviously, I I know this song. I've heard it, but watching him play it live, that. That movie's really good. I can't believe they have the last 25 minutes of just concert footage. But this song... Forget how good this is. So good. I want to rock and roll all night and party every day. I don't know if you've seen the movie yet, but um, it's it, you know it's really entertaining. And the, I'm telling you, the last 20 minutes is just the live eight cons. I, I I don't even know why they were okay with doing it, but it's it's fun. But then the end credits is actually Freddie Mercury. You know the real Freddie Mercury singing this song, playing the piano, and and it's like it's so important. It's just like you're like, wow, he's so cool. It's like a, it's like the whole movie makes sense when you see the end credits. I've never been so moved by end credits before. Like except like maybe like I like I guess I like when they do that. I like when they did it with Tina Turner and Lois Love got to do with it. I like when they do it the Blind Side where they show those pictures. It makes a difference when you realize it's all for real, you know? Boy, that's a really good song. I, I, I guess I don't remember. You know, I've certainly I've heard it before, but I guess I just don't remember it at all. And um, it's so entertaining. This guy wrote some really interesting stuff, and there's it's a perfect uh, biopic. Although I was talking to Rachel's uh, Rachel Feinstein's husband, who like really likes Queen a lot, and he was saying that um, you know that a lot of the stuff was not true, and they just made you know movie stuff up. Which you know I don't have a problem with because you know if you, if it's something you don't know like. Um, you know, like with OJ, if you're going to make stuff up and everybody kind of knows what's going on, that'd be different. But, you know, if everybody's not familiar, if you're 22 and you're not familiar with everything, then, you know, 
Go for the movie making. Go for the proper movie making. No one cares except, you know, obviously his, uh, well, I don't know who would care anymore for him, but I mean, I'm, I didn't mean it like that, but I'm saying um, maybe the rest of the band or something. And then, meanwhile, when, then when you see the picture of the real band and the guys that played him, I'm like, oh my God, they got it perfect. Uh, we'll be right back. Sharon, I remember you this high. And now you're getting hitched. There's so much to do. Relax. Have a cup of coffee. Maxwell House. Mmm, smell. It's always good. Heavens, says Maxwell House right on it. Mmm, a good cup of coffee. Sharon, you make one cup at a time. It's got to be good. Maxwell House always is. Here, wedding present. <laughs> Maxwell House Instant Coffee. Every Maxwell House coffee, good to the last... Drop. Um, I uh, didn't have to do anything. I just had to have my water at that time, so uh, that's why we took a break. This is kind of a fun show, right? Or, or, or is it not? I don't know. <laughs> There's uh, one last thing I'd like to talk about today before we uh, move on to our Oscar picks and make some serious money. I think next week, you know, um, there's an article in the paper that uh, a drug company executives hired a stripper to help peddle their highly addictive fentanyl spray. Uh, I believe that's those opiums. That's the, the, the ingredient in opio- opioids or something, I think. Um, so these drug company execs hired a stripper to peddle the, you know, the fentanyl to, to doctors. And I'm like, you know, and, you know, they, they're in trouble. And I was thinking, um, it's so funny because that's, brilliant that is so smart and that's what people do i dated a girl who was way hot play along no but she really was hot and she it was a friend of my sister's and she worked for pfizer and we went out a you know a couple times and had some fun and she was gorgeous and she peddled this new drug called viagra or something you know something like that uh to bring to doctor's offices and it is a thing and it reminded me of i watched the big bang theory all the time and it reminded me completely of this episode with billy bob thornton who penny you know the reason why i didn't uh after a while i didn't like the big bang theory is because penny got a job penny was a waitress the premise of the show is that you know there's these nerds and then there's this hot waitress that picks up but then as the show goes seven seasons, Penny becomes a pharmaceutical representative, which, which which makes sense in a way that a pretty girl could do that. But, you know, the gag was that she was dumb, which, again, it's a male fantasy thing. It is not uh, it's 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 not a non sexist show. So that's why I liked it. Anyway, she gets a job at a pharmaceutical company, which makes a lot of sense. And then they have this episode with Billy Bob Thornton, who is one of the doctors and a nerd. And listen. This is me, a hundred percent. Great timing. Food just got here. Oh, Siam Palace. Yes. Uh, meat crab and chicken satay. Yes. Uh, extra peanut sauce. No, but you can have mine. Oh, well, very well. <laughs> oh, and on the topic of sharing things that are yours, <laughs> there is a gentleman caller bringing flowers to your fiance as we speak. <laughs> And why didn't you get extra peanut sauce? You can both play this game. Can I help you? Oh, hi. Uh, does Penny live here? May I ask why? 
Well, uh, I, I met her at my office. She winked at me. And, <laughs> I, I, I came hoping to initiate a romantic relationship. <laughs> Pretty sure she didn't wink at you. Oh, she did. <laughs> Seductively, like this. <laughs> and then she touched my arm for two Mississippis, like, you know, one Mississippi, two. Oh, no, I got it. I got it. <laughs> Listen, um, I think there's been a misunderstanding. Penny is my fiance. Really? <laughs> Never seen her wear an engagement ring. Really? <laughs> so, uh, am I to presume that her flirtation was just a sales technique? I think so. When will I learn? <laughs> it's just like the cute girl at the pet store all over again. Excuse me? Oh, uh, she touched my arm for five Mississippis, and I bought a $2,000 iguana habitat. <laughs> which she was always too busy to come over and see. Well, the point of the story is this exactly happens to me on a daily basis. Uh, as a matter of fact, it did happen with the girl at the doggy daycare center. So, um, as you can see, I am a nerd and uh, will always fall for thinking that uh, somebody touched me for two Mississippis, and I'm pretty sure that uh, they want to go out with me. And uh, though, if I was a doctor and those girls came to peddle drugs, I'd probably buy everything they ever had because that ploy works. So to hire a stripper to sell prescription drugs to doctors is the most brilliant thing I've ever heard. I'm not even sure why they're in trouble. You can do whatever you want to do. And I have seen the picture of the stripper and she's hot. So I'm not sure how it's illegal. I don't remember the story. I just uh, remember the genius of doing that because it works. And I'm not saying all doctors are nerdy and stuff, but let's face it, a pretty girl does sell good stuff. And uh, there are guys like me that will fall for, fall for it every time, even if we know it is a sales ploy because they might touch us for two Mississippis or give us a wink. That, my friends, is the power of the ladies that maybe sometimes they forget they have. I love good piano songs, you know. That's why uh, me and Sarah used to like Ben Folds 5 for a long time, you know. And uh, there's nothing better than a guy just jamming at the piano, like when even when Paul McCartney does it or people like that. It's super kind of fun. And, uh, yeah, this song kind of reminds me of like a Ben Folds 5 kind of thing, which we used to like for a period of time. And where did that guy go? But this guy, this pretty Mercury man, has got staying power. And I will tell you, we're all going to have a smashing time. Anyway, I guess that's our show for today. How can you not leave on this lovely powerhouse, super, uh, what would you call it? A, uh, uh, super song. What, uh, what was the word I was looking for? Uh, not action-packed. I, uh, I don't know. I can't think of it. It doesn't matter. But it certainly is entertaining. 
And I hope you like today's uh, pre, uh, you know, uh, colonoscopy show. Uh, let's just say what it is. And uh, only took a couple of breaks. Everything worked out good. I think it was a success. And then we will go back to doing our regular shows uh, and, and just have a good time for, for, for the, rest of, the rest of time. Until, until my uh, bookies find me, and, and, and that'll be the end. But uh, until now, nobody can harm us while we're doing the podcast and we're having a good time. And until then, we'll just keep bringing it to you until you stop listening. And that's the plan, Stat. So I will see everybody next week on the podcast with Little Scully Gorenstein and our 2019 Oscar picks. And you know, if you really want to win money, You're going to want to listen, because that is the one thing I can do correctly. Everybody, we'll see you next time on the Nightfly. Have a wonderful week in the middle of February and a wonderful President's Day weekend. Good night, everybody. Good time.